The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning in the 42nd chapter at the first verse, and Isaiah wrote these things. Take a good look at my servant. I'm backing him to the hilt. He's the one I choose, and I couldn't be more pleased with him. I bathed him with my spirit, my life. He'll set everything right among the nations. He won't call attention to what he does with loud speeches or gaudy parades. He won't brush aside the bruised and the hurt, and he won't disregard the small and the insignificant, but he'll steadily and firmly set things right. He won't tire out and quit. He won't be stopped until he's finished his work to set things right on earth. Far-flung ocean islands wait expectantly for his teaching. God's message, the God who created the cosmos, stretched out the skies, laid out the earth and all that grows from it, who breathes life into earth's people, makes them alive with his own life. I am God. I have called you to live right and well. I have taken responsibility for you, kept you safe. I have set you among my people to bind them to me and provided you as a lighthouse to the nations to make a start at bringing people into the open, into light, opening blind eyes, releasing prisoners from dungeons, emptying the dark prisons. I am God, that's my name. I don't franchise my glory, don't endorse the no God idols. Take note. The earlier predictions of judgment have been fulfilled. I'm announcing the new salvation work. Before it bursts on the scene, I'm telling you all about it. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? For the desert places in which we walk, the streets we roam, the paths we cross, guide our feet. Take us to places where you would go. Give us words that you would use. That in this Advent season of promise and preparation, we might point the, the, for, the way forward to a future filled with your presence and everlasting hope and joy. Open our ears, our hearts, our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. You know, I think everyone wants to hear from God. Don't you? Anybody want to hear from God here? Thank you. I believe God is very pleased at this moment. You know, we've heard stories of how God has spoken to some of the saints. And most of us wish, I think, that God would just once speak to us out loud, give us an answer, show us some signs. 
You know, it seems like it's been a long time since people believed that God spoke so clearly. Years ago, there was an advertising campaign for an investment house, and the slogan was simple. I don't know if you remember this or not. It went, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. You remember that one? In those commercials, if E.F. Hutton was mentioned, Everything stopped, people were listening, waiting for some word of wisdom, some piece of knowledge, some little nugget that would improve their lives. And Isaiah speaks this day in much the same way, as together we ask, do you hear what I hear? And also we consider that what we might hear is connected to our Advent word for the day, joy. I think it might help a bit if we set the stage for what we are about to hear. You know, a long time ago, God delivered God's people from bondage in Egypt, made covenant with them, brought them through the wilderness to the land of Canaan, and they became a great nation and built a temple for God. And for centuries, they saw military victories and defeats under kings and generals. And they strayed from God's covenant, but the prophets continually called them back. And then in the 6th century BCE, the unthinkable happened. The Babylonians defeated Israel. They destroyed the temple, took Israel's treasure and their livelihoods, took them back into bondage and marched them back to the gates of Babylon in chains. And the Babylonian victory over Israel was absolute. It was utter, complete destruction of the political, social, economic, and religious life God's people had really come to know for centuries. And if we're honest, I think this is very difficult for us to even imagine. Because as Americans, we have not experienced war and defeat in our own country. Do you suppose we can really get our minds around how devastating it was for God's chosen people to be handed over to enemies, humiliated and killed, taken into bondage, and all the while, please, God did not intervene with God's hand to stop this terrible defeat. Can we really identify with this? Israel abandoned to enemies. How could God allow this? In exile, away from covenant land and temple, were they still God's people? Had God left them? In exile, they could only surmise that God allowed the Babylonians to take them, possibly because of their disobedience. And Isaiah trots into all of this and says, can I just say a thing or two about this? And he goes on to remind Israel in exile of just who God is and how God works. You see, God is the God not only of Israel or Babylon even, but is indeed the being who created the heavens, stretched out the earth. This God is God of creation, God of all that is. And this God is not confined to a land of promise that is now a memory. 
not confined to a land of exile, which is still so small, you see. But this is a God who lives in all of creation, a wide open cosmic space. A God who breathes life into all that is, including the people of Israel. A God who is at one and the same time. The God of all that is, and the covenant creating God of this peculiar people. And Isaiah goes on to say that this very same expansive God acts also in some rather small ways. Because you see, this God will send a servant, a spirit-filled servant, not a warring general or an iron-fisted tyrant. This servant of God is one who sets people free and brings justice instead of oppression. And Isaiah says that God works to bring justice in the earth. God sends this servant that justice will be known not just among the people of Israel, but everywhere. And Isaiah says that God has a purpose for the people of Israel, to be a light for the nations, to open up eyes that are blind, to bring out prisoners from the dungeons, from the prison, those <coughs> who sit in darkness. And Isaiah reminds this exiled people that God is still at work among them. Do you hear what I hear today? This is good news of great joy to all people. God is yet God. God's peculiar people are still God's people, and, and they have a purpose that extends beyond their present borders, even to the ends of the earth. It is a reminder that creation is a big enough place and that God, at, God is at loose and has plenty of room to do some new things that will spring forth. It is a vision of hope. It is a word built on the future. So dear friends, how do those words sit with us today? Might we imagine for a moment that from the perspective of the human heart and psyche, nothing much changes through the years? God seemingly does not prevent those in power from exercising it in the most shockingly inhumane ways. And we, it seems, are still called to prepare the way for God this Advent in 2015 in spite of fear and trembling. And I believe that we can affirm once, a day, once again today that God knows. I believe that God yet weeps. But in spite of how others may act, the choice remains ours to make. We can still choose to live into a truth that chooses hope instead of fear. That knows God is our justice because God shows us a way forward that is not for the sake of self, but for the sake of the other. And I believe that this is true both individually and corporately. The promise is that God is about creating a different life for us, which is why we celebrate Advent. For folks, we still wait. Advent is full of the somewhat present, but not yet, of God's kingdom. Advent holds at its core the tension that exists 
between our reality and God's vision for our future. And Advent helps us to hold that tension about feeling hopeful about what is yet to come and to still have to wait. And this time together helps us to see beyond this present circumstance. It assures us that God has already envisioned a future for us that indeed breaks into the very center of our present and this vision when taken into our hearts not only fuels our hope for a future of change, but truly changes our here and now. And I think that is what Isaiah was trying to help a desperate people to hear. And even today, I find that this is good news of great joy for all of God's people. Do you hear what I hear? Amen.